You're listening to One Family, What's God Doing? Where we explore what God's doing in YWAM locations throughout Virginia. We can't wait for you to find out what God's doing today. Welcome back to What's God Doing? And I'm excited to be with Chris Zinchuk again. And Chris, I got a question for you. What's God doing? <laughs> Somehow I knew you were going to ask me that question, Paul. <laughs> Maybe it's because that's the name of the podcast I mean, or because I've heard you say it over and over again. It's over and over yeah. every week. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, he's always moving way beyond what we can see. And um, right now, I think one of the things that I can say he's doing is he's leveling the playing field mm-hmm. and releasing burdens within our community and in in our office uh, in, you know, in shared services and city lights a lot right now um, by bringing new people on and giving us ways and processes to, uh, to actually put the, the call of missions out to more and more people. Mm-hmm. When one thing you and I have talked about often that if someone who's been in the midst of that situation, like they would already know, but somebody listening might miss is if you're needing to get other people engaged and systems engaged, it probably means that the burden is heavy. And that's something that you and I have experienced, that many missionaries experience, that many people in general have experienced. You're doing what you feel like you're supposed to do, but suddenly it feels like more than you can handle. And it may actually functionally be more than you can handle. So I know you have walked with a lot of people through that. Why is it that we feel that and what do we do about it? Yeah, you know, I've had the uh, ability, I guess, or the grace, maybe is, is probably a better word instead of ability. I've had the grace to walk with a lot of different things going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, Chris, that's too much. You can't do that. That's <laughs> This is not good. Like uh, Jethro said to, to Moses, right? That this is not good. But one of the things that I have uh, really taken on through the years has been this idea that I'm actually not carrying it. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord's carrying, the Lord is carrying it. So if it's successful, he gets praise. If it if it doesn't work and we've been obedient to doing whatever he's asked, then that failure doesn't come upon us. So I think what crushes people oftentimes is the fear of failure, mm-hmm. right? Um, but even with that, there's a difference between spiritual leadership and eldership and actually organizational leadership. Um, you know, I think it's easy for us to go and look at leaders that we admire and say, wow, they're an incredible leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a huge uh, ability or skill set that is very different from organizational leadership and spiritual eldership. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you'll see some of the most incredible real spiritual leaders are those who don't have a lot of people following them because they are not organizationally driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can actually see it vice versa as well, right? A lot of times you have a lot of people following someone, but they might not really be carrying authority in the spirit. And so as ministry leaders, we really want to know how the Lord wants to merge those two together into our calling. You know, and mm-hmm. the Lord calls some people to lead a few people, you know, to lead tens or hundreds or thousands or or maybe maybe just your your household, which is in mm-hmm. itself an extraordinary calling like my wife. I mean, she works so hard to serve um, our children. Yeah. Yeah. When you said something really important that 
we aren't always quick to recognize is that when we are struggling, when we feel like the burden is too heavy, there's two things happening usually. One is it's a fear of failure. And scripture says that we haven't been given a spirit of fear. So anytime we're operating out of fear, it's going to get us out of alignment. But the other thing that you said is, who is it all for and about? And through whom is it? (laughs) Is it for us and our own power for us? Or is it for God through his power? Because that's the other thing that scripture shows us is often people were called into spaces that were too much for them, that in their own strength, they couldn't have done. And yet God could. And when they were willing to step where God invited them to step and were willing to release the fear, uh, things could happen that in and of themselves they couldn't do. But the other thing you referenced Jethro and Moses and, you know, in that Exodus 18 passage, Moses has been doing too much. <laughs> he he solo has been trying to uh, take care of all the judgments and going through all the situations that the people would bring, uh, issues that they had, disagreements they had. He was sitting at the gate and going through all of it. And Jethro is like, it's too much. Let me give you a system <laughs> to help you to kind of spread this out. And that's something that you and I have been working on for a while, this idea of how can we create a system to take these very real burdens? I mean, On your plate alone, if we divided everything out, it would be dozens and dozens and dozens of big tasks and small tasks. And then you add on to that whatever I'm doing and Jesse's doing and -and so-and-so is doing. But you and I have been exploring what it looks like to take that and open it out to others to be able to step in. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, through the years, I've had the joy and the the privilege of having a personal assistant. I would almost always have a young person coming up through YWAM who I got to spend time with, who would serve and work in my office. And I would, you know, speak into their lives and and enjoy the relationship that was being built. And there, they would work to do a lot of tasks. And so my office gets a tremendous amount of tasks because we're always pioneering new locations and, Mm -hmm. you know, reaching it and reaching into new areas. And so the list was always tremendous. And, uh, my last assistant, she just got married. Um, mm. Bless her very much. I'm so glad <laughs> that she did. Uh, but she also left, right? <laughs> and as as she left, there was this void. Mm. And I've been running at a pace in the, my personal life and the ministry life where I've just been really exhausted. And I gave away all of our staff, right? So all, our, all of the staff that were working with me and directly reporting to me in the end have gone out to... Re- to work with these other locations. And so I was going, Lord, how in the world am I supposed to do this? This Mm -hmm. is not going to work. And he's like, well, why are you complaining? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, and I started to pray and the Lord dropped a strange word into my head and name actually. And that is Henry Ford. Mm. And now I'm from Detroit. So Henry Ford means something very specific to someone who's from the Detroit area because that's where, you know, Ford Motor Corporation was launched. But actually through, through that business, uh, in the industry of the automobile, um, the entire city was transformed. Then the nation was transformed. The world was transformed. So Detroit was a very, very influential city Hmm. for, for many, many years. And I was thinking, well, okay, Henry Ford, if that's your answer, what's the deal? 
<laughs> well, a lot of people think Henry Ford invented the automobile, which he did not. And a lot of people think that he invented the assembly line, which he did it. What he did is he invented what was called the moving assembly line. Mm -hmm. And that's what really revolutionized manufacturing. Because before that, what would happen is several people would get together on the assembly line and all the parts of the car, you know, the Model T, all those parts would come together in one space and every single person would try to work together in one little tiny space and build that car as fast as they can. Well, he came up with this idea that the people would stretch out over a long distance and the vehicle parts would move to them and they would do one job, just one. And they could master it. They could focus in on it. They could become the expert in doing that one thing. Maybe it's putting on a steering wheel or putting on a wheel or putting the fender on. They just would yeah. do one item and then it would move along and they stayed put. And I prayed more about that. And the Lord just began to, to show me a new pathway for this. You know, just like we were talking about Jethro, you know, Moses' father-in-law is speaking to him. You're going to wear yourself out mm -hmm. and the people too. This job is too heavy and a burden for you to handle all by yourself. So um, what we've been doing is working on what we're calling the virtual assembly line mm -hmm. and this is a way for us to take volunteers who love missions, are in all of our staff, and collect them together to produce something um, on the administration side, a lot of the tasks that we're doing. So we are launching, and I guess probably about a month from now, we're going to be launching our new uh, website, which is a volunteer-based website where people can go in to sign up for one task mm -hmm. and it's an administrative context where they can um, onboard into a volunteering process. And, and so from their home, that's why it's virtual because they mm -hmm. can do it from their house. These are all virtual tasks or re at least remote tasks. Some of them are not online, mm -hmm. uh, but they can do them from their home, the convenience of their home, one simple task, like an hour a week and, if we added all that together, oh, that's going to be yeah. a great burden lifted yeah. from my shoulders. Yeah. And yours too. <laughs> and that's the beautiful thing is, you know, sometimes it is the buildup of these small little things that for one person is just like the straw that broke the camel back. But for some other person, it's a straw. <laughs> it's that's like, it. oh, I could carry this piece of straw. And that's what we're talking about is people are able to come alongside and help to do this important work because wherever they are with however much time they have there is something that they can do that is within their skill set and within their capacity so let's say somebody's listening and they're like i like the idea of this and i want to be a part of this how can people come alongside this virtual assembly line yeah well very soon you're gonna be able to go to ywmva.org or actually any of our location websites and we'll have the portal set up there and you just click on the volunteer portal and you can see the menu of all the different things that mm -hmm. you can serve world missions from your home. You know, maybe you like to do SEO, your computer guy, you know, maybe you love hospitality and you like to write thank, thank you letters, you know, yeah. M maybe you like paperwork and you want to <laughs> be someone who is 
filing and organizing um, or maybe like copywriting, you know, I know we've got a lot going on with AI and a lot of things are changing there, but uh, people who actually like to write. Mm -hmm. Um, So the idea is these would all be tasks that you can do in your home and you can just literally go onto the website, see the menu and volunteer to do something on your own pace, your own time in your own home to support the great commission. Yeah. And it, and what's so beautiful, and I just want to reiterate this again, is somebody could end up feeling like, oh, I'm just doing this small thing. I'm only contributing that one hour you know, a mm-hmm. week or one hour a month. But again, those small things, you get enough people doing them, and it's huge. And the gift yep. that ends up being to the staff, <laughs> to the communities that we serve is going to be so beautiful. So I, I'm excited to see how this plays out. And I'm excited that it's even going to be a global thing, that geography isn't going to limit the ability for someone to come alongside this work and yeah and let me i'll just point that out we just had a zoom call yesterday Mm. and we had it was a small a small group of us but there were 12 12 or 13 people on the call Mm -hmm. we had seven nations represented on that one call wow you know so people like they were in those different countries and I was just so excited, you know, like yeah. this is an incredible way for us to meet together and collaborate for the, for our King Jesus mm-hmm. in very natural ways in our own places. And I believe it for 50 nations in yeah. all 50 states. Yeah. Yep. And this makes it accessible. <laughs> I think this is an easy entry point for folks from all over. Well, we've shared the reference in Exodus 18 a few times, but why don't you uh, as we close out, just share a couple of those verses again, just to really drive it in. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is from Exodus 18 and uh, Moses, the context is he had been sitting down and judging all the people, right? And he had been with hearing all of these things. And his father-in-law comes with him and says, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. Um you're going to wear yourself out and the people too. Mm. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice and may God be with you. Mm-hmm. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives and select people from uh select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes mm. and appoint them as leaders over groups. Yeah. So I'll stop there. So Moses's virtual assembly line. Well, Jethro's. <laughs> I love it though. Well, thank you so much. You know, you really do uh, do so much, but I thank you for being attentive to God, willing to ask God, all right, God, what, what are, what should we do about this? And if he throws something random out like Henry Ford, I thank you for your willingness to press into that more instead of shrugging it off. Cause I do think God's brought about something that's going to be a really beautiful thing to see fleshed out. So thank you for that. And thank all of you for listening and not just for listening, but for walking with us as we together as one family explore what it means to know God and make him known. If you'd like to learn more about what God's doing in Virginia, visit us at ywamva.org and join us next week for more stories of God at work.